0: Hi, I'm your host Connor Byrne, and welcome back to That's What I Call Marketing, the podcast where you will hear from the leading lights in the marketing world and listen to their unique stories. Today, I'm joined by Richard Petridge, and we are talking about a topic that most marketers, definitely myself, are trying to get their heads around Web3. I know little about this topic. So, when I met Rich at a European Sponsorship Association event recently, I immediately asked him to join me here, as I truly believe it's something a lot of us are struggling with and need to get our heads around. Rich is somebody who lives his every day in this world. He's MD and co-founder of the agency Value of We, and they work with brands and technology and help bridge that gap. So let's get straight into it. I hope you enjoy this. Rich, thanks a million for joining me on. That's what I call marketing. It's great to great to have you here. I said in the intro. I met you, saw you speak at a, a ESA event in Dublin, and I was kind of fascinated. I said, "Oh, can I get you onto the podcast?" So really great. Appreciate you joining me. Thanks so much for having me. Well, listen, I'd love to start um, just. Maybe tell me a bit about you and um you know your path to to setting up the the agency value of weep
1: uh, where to start? yeah, I, think, uh, <laughs> I have quite a diverse background. I guess um everything started with um a des- decision for myself to um to not stay in university because I felt like. I really want to drive um, my own company or my own ideas. I was always kind of creative. I want to do to do things and create things, and you know, um, so I did the decision to join a join a startup back then, and um, I was like completely excited and completely hooked by the way of working and stuff. So yeah, and actually, like my background is pretty much founding companies um, in and and very kind of tech heavy fields, I guess. Yeah, so. Uh, We did a travel, uh, like a search engine, like a travel search engine for adventure tours. Um, The the venture before Value of We was a VR and AR agency. We developed uh, an own 3D engine, so very software heavy. Yeah, It's quite a long time ago. (laughs) And um, now I'm kind of back in tech. Um, So we started the agency originally as a... A brand partnerships agency helping brands to find new kind of user bases, uh, okay. brand partnerships. Yeah. Um, at some point, we uh, we realized, okay, we want to look more into the future, and we we helped, um, for example, a crypto company joining forces with an esports company, and we um, got a lot of a lot of knowledge out of that. Okay. Right? So we more and more tackled like more tech heavy um, topics um, in our our agency.
0: Okay. And so, value of we is, is it still around partnerships or how would you kind of describe the proposition of the agency when you? That's always a hard one, isn't it?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I I always say it's a hard one. But, um, Naya, I think, I mean, as I said, we, we originally started as a more or less brand partnership led agency. We are now more and more doing also project based, um, 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 activations for our clients on the brand side um, that are very future-driven. So we kind of include everything mixed reality, augmented reality, virtual reality, but also Web3, so blockchain technology, whether with NFTs or we are thinking about SBTs at the moment. Um, So it's quite a, I guess, holistic approach at the moment. But what we are kind of trying to do is to... um, be your sparing partner to conquer the future. yeah. And we will probably talk about that later, but we are at a tipping point at the moment where it becomes incredibly uh, important to have a proper look into the future because there will be massive changes coming um, at us, right? And this is where we position. We position pretty much um, as a bridge between all those techie guys that are super smart and coming up with world-changing solutions. But when you talk to them, um, it's very, very, very rare that you understand them, yeah? So, <laughs> on the other side, you have those brands that have the application layer and you need those brands to um, to implement those tech solutions in the masses, right? Yeah. So, without a big brand and no one, like, without, I don't know, a Ralph Lauren or, I don't know, a big uh, retail house, yeah? yeah? No one would use MasterCard or Visa, right? Because you don't have the application, yeah? So, yeah. you're open the brand to have an application layer, but you also, on the other hand, need the tech. And we position in the middle as the bridge marrying the tech complement with the big brands.
0: Excellent. That's great. That's. Um, I was going to ask you, uh, how do you understand it all? But we'll get to that in, in a minute. Um, <laughs> and you've talked about Web3, NFTs. You did mention Metaverse, but I know you talked about that before. Can, can we start maybe at a, at a maybe base level? There might be people listening, potentially myself included, that are trying to get their heads around... These topics, because it's kind of coming at us a bit of a steam engine, like, you know, um, and and I think people are trying to understand how would you maybe start at Web3, explain it to somebody in, in maybe layman's terms?
1: Actually, I would not touch too much on that whole Web3 topic in general. Yeah, because... I feel like um, people are always getting kind of scared when they hear Web3 and blockchain and crypto and it sounds everything sounds super complex and people are are just simply getting scared because of that it's like if I would uh, pitch you um, MasterCard I don't know 20 years ago and try to tell you the technology behind MasterCard you have no clue about that right like I, 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 Mm -hmm. I don't know either yeah so I don't know how my MasterCard in that sense work on a tech level yeah and I don't care because i i only know i only want to know that it works right and we will have a same or a similar similar situation with web3 right right now everyone's obviously talking about it but yeah. at the end um it's a tech layer it's a security layer um that enhances my experience in certain ways yeah um but ultimately i just need to know okay it's security in that sense yeah um but also to touch on your actual question so I try to not always talk about blockchain as a complex technology rather a met- method to uh, create certain security in that sense to enhance something else yeah okay and this is where we are where we are I, I guess coming to the interesting um, topic So I feel like we are at a kind of tipping point for the internet yeah so the tipping point actually is when we look at the evolution of the internet we started, mainly consuming information in the internet right so i don't know whatever we read maybe blogs or um like websites like yahoo or um or so on and then in a second iteration we started creating content a lot of content so we started Recording videos, we actually started recording podcasts. Yeah, Yeah. actually creating content here. Yeah, so uh, we started talking about our what I had um, at lunch uh, yesterday, or I don't know where I'm going on vacation. Yeah, this is pretty much creating proactively content, and at the same time, I'm still consuming content, right? So, and now in the next iteration, like this so-called Web three, we will also start thinking about owning data yeah so right now everything we do like when we put a photo on instagram or write a tweet on twitter we basically give the uh, rights of that to the platform right yeah. so this is the business model of a meta or a twitter now yeah twitter we can have uh, twitter <laughs> has own issues with that yeah? but let's say meta meta is a good example yeah they make money on the base of your data, because they know what you like, they know what you did, et cetera, PP, yeah? So in that sense, meta is always a central um, entity in the middle controlling everything, right? right? ultimately the only thing that you get out of it is maybe a recommendation for buying something yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah.
1: but you're not making anything out of it and you're not owning anything right and in the next iteration of the internet we will start owning these data yeah we will start owning uh, data we will start buying digital goods that we own yeah and we can um prove that we own them through a technology that is called blockchain yeah so Ultimately, Web3 allows us ownership in a digital environment. This might be complex when you think about it, but just to give you a use case, um, I don't know, maybe maybe you have kids or. Yeah, yes. You, so, um, how old are you, kids?
0: I've 11, 9, and 5. So, yeah. Okay. yeah.
1: So, 11, 9, are, they, are one of them playing like games?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. PlayStation. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, they are actually, like, a lot of kids are massively into playing games, right? And when you look at Fortnite or Roblox or wherever, you can buy those skins, so-called skins, right? You usually have an avatar, like, representing yourself. And this is basically the digital representation of yourself. So you might want to make it somehow unique and look cool and, like, the same like you do in real life, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. They're forever asking for, like skins i'm like oh what <laughs> and you're just
1: giving your credit card number and they start <laughs> buying all these crazy skins yeah and it's interesting because when you look at the gaming industry the gaming industry is making huge revenues right yeah and the majority of those revenues comes from from in game slash in app purchases yeah so it's not me going into a store buying a CD or a game, yeah, in to install it. It's rather buying inside the game. This is the main mechanic. The big games um, on the market are free to play, yeah. but I can pi- pay additional stuff within those games. Yeah. And this is where the money the revenue comes from. So we already see those um, how to say those those eruptions, let's yeah. say, yeah, where we will go to. And this is the actual first use case for all of this because in the digital world, I want to have a unique avatar. So I want to buy a skin and I don't only want to buy it and wear it in one game. I want to rather have it interoperable and own it, yeah? And at some point maybe say, I have one of the limited, I don't know, um, Ralph Lauren uh, sweater, yeah? Let's say um, that only exists a hundred times. So um, I might sell this at some point because it's increasing in value, yeah? So there is a lot of interesting thinking behind. and at some point, and this we will probably touch on that later a bit, but at some point you will have use cases that are connected to your real life, even, not only a separated digital life like you have in a game, rather a real life like you have with mixed reality, augmented reality, yeah where you say, okay, the, I have some, as you see, I have some paintings in my yeah. in, in my room yeah. I might not have those paintings in a physical way rather than a digital way and I can only experience them when I have glasses on yeah but I still want to own them
0: okay so talk to me about that 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 seems I get and I get where my kids world is in in that sense like with the avatars and the skins and and like I see them embracing it as kids do just naturally like it's just it, it comes so naturally to them and you know I struggle to help them turn the machine on. Right? Like, so I, 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 I get that. I, I think maybe that bit where you may not want to own a physical thing and it, it only exists in the digital world. Like I, I get that in a gaming context, but your example there of a, of a painting, like, do you truly believe that that will, I'm sorry, I'm being, um, purposely skeptical. Like, do you truly believe that, a, <laughs> that, that, there's going to come a time where people are like i i want to live in a in my apartment that's just got nothing in it and i'll put on my you know my my glasses to see you know beautiful paintings that i own
1: it is a, it is actually so interesting because i have this uh, convers- like this kind of conversation quite a lot and people tend to all uh, always just see it very kind of black and white yeah yeah but there's a great tone to it yeah okay. so I think, so maybe let's, before we go into that topic, let's maybe first um, create a bit of background knowledge, why I think um, it's a very, uh, it's a conversation we really need to have, yeah, and um, also touching on the point, what comes in the future. Um, So let's just look at where we are right now. Right now, we, I I mentioned, we are at this kind of tipping point from an infrastructural level, level, like web one, web two, web three, so pretty much technology driven. Um, then um, there is another level that we have to look at. It's like the devices that we are using, right? So we are right now with almost thirty billion um, devices that we are using that are connected to the internet. That's quite a yeah. massive amount. Yeah, thirty billion. Yeah, that's a couple of devices per per, uh, per person. Yeah, yeah, right.
0: Yeah.
1: So, <laughs> good, yeah? so um, <clears throat> and this amount will tend to even increase because we will introduce new technologies, new wearable technologies. So the smartphone itself, when you look at your smartphone, like in theory, it's a pretty, nah, yeah, it's not a dumb device, but it's it's pretty smart actually. But like, just look from the mechanic. I look down when I have my smartphone in my hand. Yeah, yeah. So it's good for my back and I have a big iPhone. Yeah. I yeah. cannot even reach with my thumpy um. Top or left edge, yeah. So it's not even convenient for me. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at a very small display. Like in all in all, the the whole user experience with a smartphone is not too good, yeah. Like it is still um, top notch because yeah. we do not have anything better right now, yeah. But in theory, it is not that convenient. It's not that nice, yeah. So at some point, and we will reach this point rather sooner than later. So to be exact, I hope. Uh, in 2023, um, we will have access to mixed reality devices. So, for example, a glasses that has Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the the technical uh, uh, setup to place virtual images in our real life. So, in that sense, it's called mixed reality. So, the base technology is obviously augmented reality, but it is mixed because it's mixing the real world and the virtual world, yeah? So you have additional layers blending into your real world, yeah? So imagine me, or imagine this situation we have right now, um, having a podcast right now. It's still super, it's not that convenient, right? We're looking at a two-dimensional screen. Yeah. I see pretty small, yeah? Like not at all how big you are in real life, yeah?
0: I'm not that big.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But in, in, with a mixed reality device, you could just sit right in front of me in your real life size, and I would have a totally different kind of way to interact with you. Yeah? So actually we are talking about a new kind of interface that we will use in the future, enabled by certain technologies, like for example, um, the mixed reality headset, but then also like blockchain um, in the infrastructural layer. And um, to quickly close the topic of um, background, we are currently um, spending 40% of our lives connected to the internet, 40%, 4-0, yeah? Yeah? So with just these not so nice devices, yeah? Maybe we have uh, a watch on our our wrist, but um, that's it. So now imagine... Having a complete new interface with all these amazing benefits of human connection, etc yeah coming out, I will start using that yeah I will start using this glasses For this situation, I would rather love to uh, see you yeah. in front of me than just seeing you on a, a two-dimensional display, right So I would use this device. and with this situation, I will start or we will start increasing our daily lives connected to the internet by a lot. And we are already at 40%. Yeah. Yeah. Taking that into consideration, we are talking about an internet usage of 90 to 100% of our daily lives. And now it's getting interesting. Yeah. Because now internet plays the major role in our daily lives.
0: Is that a good thing? In the sense of like, you're, you're right, I see it here, you know, with kids when they kind of get their phones like 14, 15 year olds and and I see them walking around and your point, like they're looking down at their phones, their entire life is spent walking here and they don't see what's a, the world around them. So the real world, right? How, how does what's the future look like in that sense? You, you, you know, is, is it a positive thing? Like that, will, it, will it make them more immersed in the real world because it is more of kind of the
1: mixed reality? People always think that we have to use those devices but that's not true we can just put the glasses off and still enjoy our real life yeah nature and and everything like that yeah and for example in the future i believe i will still own physical art and you know have this physical art being present in my flat but in the future i might also have a way to um, create another experience on top of that art. So when I want, this art starts interacting with me, for example. Yeah? It's getting a, an experience. Yeah? So it's not only me looking at art and thinking about art, it's rather the art also looking at me and interacting with me, for example. So a totally new way or uh, new layer of experiencing physical things and this is also where gamification comes in, right? Yeah. Okay. people kind of gamify our environments and we have a generation that is actually craving for that, yeah? Because mm. they already grew up with gamification. So why should they stop having a gamified environment when they become 25 or 30 or 35 at some point, yeah? yeah? So we should start thinking about these generations and what these generations want and how they grew up, yeah? Um, rather than thinking us, yeah, yeah, I cannot imagine... Um, uh, uh using
0: on of that yeah yeah i i think you're right and as i' was saying i can see my kids immersed and and just with ease you know in 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 these things and look i i i also think there's generational things you know when tv arrived everyone was like tv is the death of society right and um so i think with each generation you know like the beatles were going to kill society like every every generation yeah. has a thing that's that's the detriment and that the previous generation was better i do think that's something to be mindful of, right, as, as as we, certainly I get older. One of the things that I was intrigued with as you were talking there about, you know, that mixed reality world, um, there's a lot of work happening at the moment around, you know, attention. And so the attention ads get, I'm not really talking from a brand perspective here, the attention ads get on a lot of platforms, you know, so some platforms can give you 2.5 seconds of attention and currently, right? So, with this mixed reality comes more opportunities for more interaction which will probably reduce the time or the attention people can give to to various you know ads or or messages from brands do you see a way that brands can kind of address that or, or where should brands you know be thinking about showing up in a way that might increase the attention they get i think your like your ralph foren example is quite interesting because that that that's a you know the brand turning up in a in a very real sense in the digital world but what helps the brand kind of um I, I, awareness and salience I think
1: let me ask you a question do you find the majority of ads you are seeing appealing um no <laughs> exactly yeah and this is I guess one of the problems yeah because I am I mean I'm doing like this marketing stuff for some years now and I so I have, I mean, I guess we all yeah, marketing people. We all have a bit of a more specific eye when it comes to advertising and stuff like that. Right. So yeah. when I, sometimes I, I don't have a TV, but sometimes I obviously watch TV or something like at friends or whatever and then I have a very like specific eye for ads. Yeah. And when I, when I see ads in TV, for example, I'm always like super bored and I'm always getting super excited when someone is actually coming up with a cool ad yeah. Mm. because the majority of ads is just, Hey, here's my product. Hey, here's the benefit. Hey, and buy it and buy it ah, and buy it. Yeah. But it's very, very passive. Yeah. Mm. It is me passively looking at someone yelling at me to buy something. And I feel this is really a boring way of advertising. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to attention, you also have to, I mean, what is driving the attention the most, I guess it's engagement, right? So engaging with something. So, and actually this whole topic with mixed reality, with games, with virtual environments, etc., also brings the chance of gamification. Yeah. Mm. So, Actually, driving um, engagement and therefore drive it, uh, attention. Yeah. So I don't know. For example, um, Coca-Cola did um, a huge um, NFT launch. I, I think it's like a year ago. I think it was in twenty one. It was hugely successful because people were able uh, actually able to um, join a gamified experience, and you know have. Um, there were products that had a certain scarcity so you need to kind of fight for it and you know okay. get into it and this is like super strong engagement with the brand the whole time yeah and people were like super on it and therefore it became a huge success and we saw this with um, some other case um, uh, studies as well yeah that's
0: it that's interesting i wonder if what maybe you don't know um but like what was it that prompted coke to get into that i, I guess innovation and forward thinking, you know, they want, were they testing out the space and trying to see if, if they could drive that sort of engagement?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, like every brand is doing that. Like every bigger brand is actually building test cases and and some of them already surpassed that stage of like doing an experiment and rather build like a strategy uh, holistically into their, into their uh, global strategy, yeah. Like, I guess one of the first industries to pick up on that was um, was the the fashion industry. Yeah. Okay. So um, I don't know. Uh, Gucci uh, very very early created um, an experience, and I think it was Roblox. Um, they had a, cert- a, a several NFT things. Yeah. They had a several um, game integrations, etc. Right. And um, now they are holistically building that into their infrastructure, like. I don't know. Prada just uh, launched a Discord channel, right? Um, okay. The whole LVMH group is actually um, having Web3 as quite a focus area, like, and 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 caring, right? So they are massively working on these concepts, and they already surpassed the stage of okay, we're going to do an experiment, right? Yeah. So, building with the
0: And Actually, because there's a couple of things there. I think one is how should brands that aren't thinking about it start thinking about it and then maybe connected to that then is how does it happen in a way that it's not creating a silo like we did with digital marketing right everyone was like you know the digital marketing is like well it's marketing so how, so but i guess they're interconnected how, how could and can brands start thinking about it and then not create this whole silo that's just like a thing to the side <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, the easy answer is to hire us, yeah, and we help them.
0: Yeah? <laughs> just swear, to you, that's value of we.
1: <laughs> www.valueofwe.com, uh, <laughs> yeah, you can find us. But no, um, uh. so actually I think um, exactly, um, I think the, the, the journey should be to um, have the courage to say, okay, This is a new fast paced field. Yeah. And it's even a field where you can get a lot of backlash because a lot of people don't get it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So right now I have a lot of these kind of conversations. Yeah. But you know, the crypto market, it's like a bear market. It's in the winter now. Maybe it's going to crash completely. And everything like everything's like, oh, no, let's maybe rather not get involved and so on. But that's absolutely not the right strategy as yes, you should not look. You're also not looking at, at stock developments the whole time, right? Yeah. Like you're, you're not looking, is the tech market, like you're not making your marketing decision if you invest into digital marketing based on the stock evaluation of tech companies, right? Like yeah. They are down like they are right now, or not all of them, but a couple of, um, you are not saying, no, I'm not going to invest into digital advertising anymore, right? You don't care at the end, and the same you should—the um, same attitude you should have with um, this kind of Web three application. Just because the market is at the moment at a, at a in a bear situation, um, you should not reconsider your engagement. Rather, you should say, "Okay, it's interesting." And what is a fact is that the smartest brains of this world are involved into that technology, and the biggest companies in the world. Are investing huge amounts in their technologies, yeah. Whether that's Web three with with all the crypto and blockchain topics, but also everything around immersive technologies like mixed yeah. reality. Yeah, look at Apple, look at uh, Google. Like all of them, invest in billions. So if they do this, mm-hmm. you should at least start get your head around and start doing experiments. And this is in my eyes exactly the strategy that everyone should kind of follow on: is to say, okay, have the courage to learn and adapt so make a test it can be a success great then never change a winning system it can also be not a success then change it yeah and yeah. adapt and do another test and at some point you will feel that you will find the right path and in the best case you're smart enough to either hire people or engage with people that have a bit of more knowledge that help you to not take every, um, um, uh, let's say, uh, road stopper. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you don't need to run into every issue because there are a couple of things that I can tell you straight away, um, be cautious, don't run into that, that will fail. So yeah. it is quite easy to find those people.
0: Yeah, no, it's... Um,
1: but like, it from, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I do
0: think, and, I, you know, genuinely, you know, I, I do think, and this is why the world of agencies and clients like exists because you know in in a in a client world it's hard to get around to everything in the day to day and that's why having you know agencies that are you know experts in certain areas and being able to bring them in at the right times and just even start the conversation even if it's education if it's just helping people demystify and feel less afraid of this as you know as you said at the start like there's a lot here and people get really caught up in trying to understand it versus i you know i think looking at the the applications you know and and trying to understand understand that we've we've touched a bit on i guess the the two schools of, of thought here right so as i was kind of doing a bit of research here um, you know there's mckinsey are I, you know there's a marketing the metaverse an opportunity for innovation and experimentation and then at the same time you've got the art article in the financial times jemima kelly and she's saying you know web 3 has just become the latest marketing term used to try prop up and repackage the overlapping ideas of crypto nfts and you know it seems like brilliant inv- innovations until the whole market started to tank so there's, there's definitely two schools of thought one is like it it's great and people should embrace it. But there's people out there that are really sceptical and saying marketers are wasting their time. You know, Tom Goodwin says the Metaverse meeting won't ever happen. The tech won't be good enough for 10 years. And, um, you know, how about we work better with what we have? So how do you address those sceptics and the people who are like, this is kind of utter nonsense? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so many bold things i would say now I mean, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> uh, but but honestly i would actually start um, with gaming yeah um, people don't realize how big the gaming market is yeah? the gaming market is two times bigger than if you would calculate the music and the film industry together yeah so and and i i promise you the majority of marketers have, have never have ever uh, considered gaming as such a huge industry. And um, another example, where did the biggest concert on earth ever happened? In a game called Fortnite with a guy called Travis Scott with 30 million um, active visitors, Yeah, which is, I mean, 27 million to be correct, but um, <laughs> which which is a massive amount. Yeah, I mean, there are so many relevant KPI already. If you ignore them, now yeah, if you you can be skeptical, of course, but and you can of of course ignore all the signs, yeah. But at the end, you will stay there and say, "Oh shit," that's not the. It's it's the same. Like I don't know if you uh, uh, didn't invest into a tech company back then. I mean, I was too young back then when. When the big uh, tech companies actually were created, I was a very poor student. yeah, uh, Not thinking about in- investing any money, yeah, rather buying some bread and water. Yeah? Um, but um, people at that point were also skeptical, asking like, wow, this internet, yeah? what mm. should I do with this internet? yeah? I mean, why? I mean, I have a telephone. I can just, you know, phone someone. Why should I use this? I don't get it, yeah, and I have, I I don't know, I can use a map, yeah, like a physical map, like navigation, where should yeah. I use it? You always have skeptical, like, people um, at the start, but if you do your job and if you do your homework, um, you will see so many signs, yeah, and so many KPI that all point towards one direction, yeah, and if you ignore that, then you ignore that.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's probably, you know, I think Healthy skepticism, or you know, is is right. Like you know, for everything that we do, like you know, so some it, within marketing, if something comes out, you should read it, view it, try understand it, and and have some sort of a belief, but be open to that changing and that being wrong and and exploring, right? Because otherwise, like we shouldn't be doing what we're doing. In my in my in my view, that's that you know, and I'm not saying I certainly don't have all the answers. This is trying to help me understand that. You know,
1: and, and another example, um, look at social media marketing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Look at social media and influencer marketing. Yeah. I don't know. Even 10 years ago, people were telling you like, that's a uh, nonsense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why should ever, why should I ever invest a huge amount in someone who is like posting their daily life on a social media? Why should I do this? Which is now, um, one of the main, uh, I guess, uh, marketing strategies in a lot of companies, right? Uh,
0: like yeah, a hundred percent. We've just done an amazing um campaign in Australia with with influencers and lots of different. like the scale and size of them is fascinating. Some are you know really niche, but it's been fascinating. like we you know we set objectives and you know after the first couple of weeks have absolutely smashed them. Like so okay. you're right. I think if you if you have that view that that's it's wrong, You may miss out. I I think that might be the thing, you know, you may be right. It may be wrong, but you may miss out at the same time. And that's, that's a risk. And as the, as the world gets more complex, you know, harder to understand, you know, the longer you're doing marketing, the harder it is to understand everything. Uh, I touched on that earlier on how, how do you understand everything? What are the things you do to keep on top of this constant change?
1: That's actually a very good question. I no no one ever asked me that. Yeah. Um, how do I do it? Um, I I have to be honest. I cannot really tell you. Yeah. Like, I imagine uh, if you ask this question to a lot of people, people say, yeah, I read a lot mm-hmm. and I study and stuff like that. I don't do that at all. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I read sometimes, but I'm not like um, every day. I don't know reading one book to get into technologies and and you know get my head around. I think what I'm doing is. I tend to always surround myself with people I can learn from. Okay. So um, on a on a personal level, but also obviously on a business level, so I try to always yeah hang out with people that I can learn from and have a have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one 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 example just is um, when I um, during the time when I left my um, my uh, the VR and AR company. And um, before I founded Value of We, I, I thought, OK, now I quite have a good understanding of all these immersive technologies and computer vision. What interests me now? Yeah, And then um, I, I was very interested in um, the whole big data topic, um, obviously artificial intelligence and another one of them being blockchain. And I decided to um, dig deeper into the blockchain topic um, because that was the one I really didn't get, like not at all. Yeah. Big data is not a no-brainer, but it's easy to understand what it's for. Yeah. yeah. Also, artificial intelligence is a kind of known topic. Um, but this blockchain thing, I didn't get my head around. I was yeah. like, okay, I really don't get it. I really want to understand and master it. So I, uh, with actually my former roommates back then, it's like years ago, we founded a like a, a small community. We called it Blockchain Pirates. Um, <laughs> And we just founded a small community. We were in Berlin. We all lived together in Berlin. We rented a boat. Yeah, we called it blockchain pirates. We bought a, bottle, a couple of <laughs> bottles of rum and, you know, Coca-Cola. We invited all these uh, blockchain brains. Yeah, like all the major CEOs and whatsoever from the blockchain par- uh, from the blockchain companies here in Berlin. And we actually just had a really nice, um, you know, uh, time on the boat. Yeah, we were cruising around Berlin, and this was exactly like and then like i was there with i don't know 20 or 30 super intelligent uh blockchain people yeah? yeah so i talked to them i asked them all my questions and actually we drank a lot we had a good time you know so and i stayed connected to them and and actually this is how i start to really get into it
0: yeah that that's great because you have like immerse yourself in the world that you don't know I, um you know i've talked to a couple of marketing leaders and CMOs. And, and one of the things that really comes out is is insight and actually embedding yourself in the customers that you don't know because you don't live in their lives, you don't live in their worlds. And actually, that's exactly what that was, what you were doing. You were like, I need insight. I need to understand this. How do I do it? I'm going to immerse myself in their world. But you didn't. Clever. You had a party. <laughs> so that's <the> <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Um, You've you've touched on a few brands that are are doing things well. You mentioned Ralph Ren, you mentioned Coke. Um any others that come to your mind that are kind of doing this well or starting to think about this in a in a in a good way?
1: Now yeah, I mean obviously we are involved into quite some projects. So we just helped um, Jägermeister to okay. launch their first initiative, which was really, really cool, um, very, very cool use case. Um, but also DHL. So DHL um, just launched their first NFT a couple of weeks ago. A very utility-driven application uh, which went well. Um, So I guess, and and I feel like every big company um, is having that on their plate, right? So whether that's, I mean, basically everyone, right? Like the Coca Colas, the Ralph Lauren's, the Gucci's, so the fashion industry, the beverages, the I don't know, Lavazza's, the. Red Bulls, like every big company is trying to uh, define a strategy. One of the industries I'm I'm most interested in, to be honest, is actually automotive, because I feel in automotive, there's a huge potential um, on on the whole kind of application layer of, because in automotive or in, in general, transportation, I feel is a very interesting layer um when it comes to entertainment because traveling like I'm, I'm traveling a lot right for business so I'm yeah. a lot in planes and and trains and um in trains I sometimes have an internet connection I mean I live in Germany yeah so we know Germany is a uh, is a huge black black hole on the internet <laughs> map, yeah. um I, I sometimes have a connection so I can work but I sometimes don't yeah and maybe yeah sometimes I want to have more kind of entertainment and um um kind of amusement um and i feel like there is there could be an, an interesting very interesting application uh, layer for for everything mixed reality but also then um coming to web3 at some point
0: yeah wow okay interesting and i actually like when you think about automotives like cars are you thinking about like the experience of experiencing a car before you buy it or is it kind
1: of you know within the car or just yeah anything anything yeah whether i mean what we back then did with uh, with my other agency in vr we had volvo cars to basically launch um their cars so we we were responsible for the um for the um xc60 and the xc40 launch and for example um they have they always had the issue or the 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 challenge that there is a, uh, there is a almost I think th- six months between the car has officially been launched and the first visuals are appear on their website to an actual car is available at the car dealer yeah so usually there is a gap of six months yeah? yeah how do you bridge this gap and how do you kind of uh, keep it excitement high? For example, with a virtual reality application that you can experience from your home and configure your car and, you know, jump in, but you can also go to the to the retailer or in the shop and, you know, sit in a, in a physical car, which is, but just virtually, yeah? So you're just having a steering wheel and a seat, but it, when you put on the glasses, you feel like you're okay. in the car. So this is pretty much pre-sale, right? Yeah. But you have an after-sale period as well. So when you, for example, look at cars in general, like how will we use mobility in the future? Yeah, I live in Berlin. Um, I do have a car because I'm traveling a lot, but in theory, I really don't need one because I have so many sharing services in here, right? Right. So I can just jump in a car or I take an e-scooter or I take an Uber or whatever. Mobility in Berlin is, is fairly easy. yeah. So there might be services and models in the future as well, um, where I rather go for a more flex- flexible way of, of having mobility. Yeah? Yes. So I have a I have a care by Volvo, yeah. So um, I'm using like this program where I can give back my Volvo after three months instead of two or three years, right? So there might be a world where um, sharing um, becomes a very natural part, yeah. yeah. So, and therefore I might also need a technology, Like Web three, that is safe. So I have a certain safety layer saying, "Okay, I'm happy to share my car because I know who was in there and I can always find Find the back and stuff like that." Right? So
0: it's you know what it's it's fascinating. Like as you talk about that, like just the possibilities seem endless. Like we have no idea what's coming. Really, in lots of ways, which is so exciting. It's uh, it's great. Listen, we're coming. Close enough to the end, I have a couple of more questions to, to ask, or I'd love to ask you. One was uh, from my previous guest, who is a gentleman called Damien Devaney, and he's a really well-known marketer in Ireland, done some amazing work on the likes of Guinness and Baileys and brands like Smurfa Kappa. Um, but he had a question about Ireland, uh, and I'll, I'll try do my best to read it. So he said, Ireland is a small country, and, and we... Definitely rely on like foreign investment a lot, you know, in in this country. But if globaliz- globalization was stalls, what should Ireland do from a marketing perspective? How can it position itself? And um, you know, his example was Finland was about being number one in education and water. So, if, you know, as you look into Ireland, now you probably haven't been here that much, but as you think about Ireland in in maybe a even a European or global context. Are there things you think Ireland should do from marketing perspective to position itself for the future?
1: I have to be very honest. Um, and as you know, yeah, um, my first time in Ireland was actually the ESA. Uh, okay, so, yeah. Yeah. I, I really, really liked it. Um, I like the beer. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, but what, and I have to be honest, I, I'm not too aware of what Ireland is doing and whatnot. But what I know about Ireland, is that it's very well known for having some of the biggest corporates of the world there, at least from a European yeah. standpoint, right? I think Alphabet is having their HQ there. Um, I think, yeah, like Facebook has a huge yeah. uh, dependence there. So I feel like this is a good strategy, and I feel like okay, uh, if you want to uh, be relevant, then bring the relevant players of the world to you uh, to your place, right? Yeah. So. And the same mechanic you can now apply to um yeah, yeah, more future-proof stuff, yeah. Because my I personally think, yeah, there's a very personal opinion yeah. that these big players will not exist in the future, like in the next decades. I feel they will dying out, yeah. So you maybe just change your model saying, okay, okay. instead of Bringing the metas and the alphabets here, we bring the coinbase, the crypto.coms, and the whatever here. Yeah. Right now, um, a lot of these players sitting in, where are they? Cyprus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Why are they on Cyprus? I mean,
0: right. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) Same way,
1: alphabet and meta is an island at the moment, right? So maybe that's a good strategy to follow up on.
0: Yeah. Look, interesting. And it's looking at how we think about the, yeah, that, that investment into into the market. And and also I think then what are the skills and companies and capabilities you need in a market to, to be able to address that? So linked to that question is for a future guest that I have, who we don't know who that's going to be yet. Uh, what question should I ask them?
1: Um, I feel like or what I'm always wondering is um, with all these technologies developing even faster, yeah, um, so pushed or, or, or accelerated through, for example, um, artificial intelligence, etc. So a lot of trends actually coming very fast, right? How do those big ships, like these big corporate ships that are usually having a lot of internal processes, um, how are they going to manage, how they are they going to adapt their rather slow internal processes and adapt them to those fast-paced technologies to not miss any trends and so on? So I'm wondering what could be a solution. What needs to happen within those companies to, um, on the one hand, uh, maintain the company how it how it is, yeah, um, but at the same time being able to flexibly and fast adapt to trends and 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 you know get their get their head around.
0: Great question. Great question. I can you know yeah I can understand the. Some of the challenges and so yeah i will definitely be asking my next guest that question uh of course they will have to be client side for me to do that so we'll have to figure that one out and um, rich thank you so much for your time today i really really appreciate it i was fascinated by your um your talk at the european sponsorship association event and um, this has been just as fascinating i've i've so much more to learn and and i think the open-mindedness, curiosity that you have to all of this. I think should be infectious and you know, I I know there's skeptics and and I read the skeptics as much as I read the people who aren't skeptical because I think it's really important to have that have that balance. But this has helped me Massively, I'm sure a lot of people listening massively start to get our heads around this um, this this topic, and it's you know it's 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 new for a lot of us as as you say as digital marketing and social where many many years ago. So it's um, yeah, thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It Was really really exciting with you.
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. As I said at the start, I know a little about the topic, and going deep with someone who lives it every day was just fascinating. I love the way Rich talked about, you know, getting an understanding of things like Bitcoin and how he went deep with that community. I think that curiosity is what is fascinating about Rich. He's understanding the world that he lives in, but also that the next generation are living in. His curiosity isn't blinkered. He doesn't posit that there is just one way and this is the only way. That was clear as we talked. He's just saying we need to start thinking about it the same way we needed to get our heads around social 20 years ago. This is an evolution about how people consume and engage with technology. The world needs agencies like Value of We that can help us bridge that gap of knowledge. So that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening to That's What I Call Marketing. If you did enjoy it, please do share, add comments with your feedback and follow us on Twitter at That's Underscore Marketing. And if you or someone you know would be a great guest for the podcast, do get in touch. I'll add the email address into the show description. So for me, Connor Byrne, until the next episode, take care.